people are never going to understand how critical this particular time in history is. We have $7.7 trillion worth of economic events that are going to hit America in the gut. This is An Economy of One with Gary Rathbun, President and CEO of Private Wealth Consultants, the free market voice, free market voice. of the U.S., enhancing and protecting private wealth. Gary Rathbun has over 30 years of experience in making the best choices for you to keep more of what you earn. It's life, liberty, and the pursuit of self-reliance. An Economy of One with Gary Rathbun. This is Greetings and welcome again to An Economy of One. I am your host, Gary Rathman. Our website, aneconomyofone.com, aneconomyofone.com, as is our Facebook page. Go to Facebook and like us on Facebook at An Economy of One. It's been an interesting week. Got to admit, first week into uh, uh, 2016, and uh, wow, a lot of stuff to talk about. So we're going to... We're going to cover a lot of things tonight. Uh, first of all, is uh, you know I, I can't I can't go on without talking about the uh, executive orders on uh, gun control. Uh, I, I think this is very very important. We'll get into the the roller coaster ride of the stock market uh, a little bit later, but uh, the the gun control executive orders are are very. Very interesting. Now, I'm not going to waste any of your time uh, talking about the the possibility of crocodile tears at the news conference and and camphor on the fingers or any of that kind of stuff. I'll leave that to to other people to speculate because uh, it just doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter to me if if the president is is uh, shedding tears while he's talking because uh, he's not shedding tears for tearing up the Constitution. So uh, uh, that, that to me, is, is the uh, more important thing. The, the, the thing with these executive orders, everybody's focusing on mainly uh, one thing, and that's the, the uh, gun show loophole. Gun show loophole. And, and it's a classification of who is a firearms dealer and who is not. Now, current law says that if you sell 50 or more guns a year, you are in the business of selling guns and therefore should be licensed as a federal firearms dealer. I, you know what? I, I, I got no problem with that. Okay, if, if that's your business and it's firearms, you should follow uh, certain guidelines, certain recording requirements, that kind of stuff. Okay, but if you're an individual... And according to uh, Loretta Lynch, if you sell even one gun, one, you can be classified a dealer, which means that you have to go through the registration process of being a federal firearms dealer, going through ATF, paying a lot of money, and spending months of time before you can legally sell that gun. Now, that's just stupid. And all under the guise of making America safer. Making You know what? Lord knows we don't need another law, but if I was to put one law in place, I would make it mandatory that every single adult in the country carry a gun and know how to shoot it. That would cut down on crime. 
not banning you and me from being able to protect our own property and family. You remember I've said over and over, the basis of our economy is private property. And the basis of private property is not allowing that to be damaged or taken away from you. The only way you can do that is protect yourself and protect your family, protect your property. And in this day and age, it's guns. If there's one New Year's resolution I think you should make, I think you should get a concealed carry and carry. What bothers me, though, about this executive action is not the the so-called gun show loophole. One, that doesn't exist. Um, two, I don't think that uh, we need government legislation uh, conditions on you being able to exercise your Bill of Rights. But the bigger issue to me is the mental health issue. There's no question that if you take a gun and you go go kill a bunch of innocent people for no reason, you're mentally ill. You're mentally If you kill one person, you're mentally ill. So technically, we're all mentally ill. But what bothers me on this is now, right now, the executive order reads that doctors can, can inform the FBI of your medical records, I guess, if, in their opinion, you shouldn't be around guns. Now, that's their opinion, and it says they can. Won't be long before that will be changed, before doctors will have to give your information to the FBI. The government will set parameters, mark my words, as to what determines whether you should be on that list or not. And you end up on that list, now you're fighting the government to get off the list, to to be able to exercise your Second Amendment rights, and uh, you, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. They're going to come and take everything, and you'll spend the rest of your life and every dime you have trying to fight that, and you will lose. You will absolutely lose. This is a very, very slippery slope, and especially when it specifically talks about people on Social Security. People on Social Security, that have other people take care of their finances for whatever reason. Maybe just convenience, but the money goes to a fiduciary account, bills are paid, that kind of stuff. Uh, apparently, because you have that done, you are not competent to have constitutional rights anymore. How, how, how short of a trip is it from Social Security recipients to veterans to anybody? Anybody that has someone else be the fiduciary for their finances, why are they different because of age? Not handling your own finances causes you to forfeit your constitutional rights? I'm, ooh, I got a problem with that. You read the details 
of that. You know, President Obama mentioned Internet sales, that kind of stuff, which was totally wrong. Criminals aren't buying their guns off the Internet. But it talks about the ads. Newspapers are going to be put into the place of or put in the position of essentially regulating who puts their ads in and whether the ads contribute to two people having a gun transaction. It is absolutely incredible. This is a very, very preliminary, slippery slope for the government to essentially control everything when it comes to your Second Amendment rights. This is what they want. Sounds very innocuous. Sounds very sincere. Got the tears flowing, that kind of stuff. But uh, it's uh, there's a very, very devious, evil, ulterior motive to this. And unless we stand up, they're just going to keep going, keep going. This is just the beginning. He's got a whole year left for executive orders. And this is just the beginning. He's even admitted this is just the start. Now, quite frankly, if he wanted to do something about uh, weapons control, um, I think he ought to make it illegal for North Korea to have weapons, don't you? Apparently, they set off a uh, low-yield uh, hydrogen thermonuclear weapon this uh, this last week. Uh, personally, I have doubts that they actually did, but what if they did? Iran came out and showed us their underground missile system. Well, that's against the law. That really deterred them. That, you know, it, I, I apologize for that. It was against the law. We got those sanctions, that agreement, and uh, I'm sure those missiles don't really exist. But uh, we saw pictures. And North Korea, who knows? I don't personally think they have a nuclear weapon yet, but... Uh, Who knows? Coming up, I'm not the first to say it, but I'll be one to agree with it. President Obama, gun salesman of the year, no question. We'll take a look at that next. An Economy of One with Gary Rathbun. An Economy of One with Gary Rathbun. You know, it almost makes me wonder if if it's possible some of the gun manufacturers have lobbyists working on the left side of the aisle. Um, The more restrictions the government tries to put on guns uh, and ammunition, the more executive orders, the more speeches that President Obama makes... um, Gun sales just keep going up and up and up. Major manufacturers like Ruger and Smith & Wesson um, just exploding, no pun intended. Um, Price of their stocks keeps going up, and their product keeps uh, being shipped out there. Dealers are having a tough time keeping things in stock. And when when people think the government is going to take away the ability to exercise one of their rights, um, 
They go after it. They go after it. Now, the, the these statistics that they put out there, totally skewed, totally spun to try to get you to believe one thing over another. 30,000 gun deaths in America this year. Yeah, that's true. Two-thirds of them were suicides. By the way, suicide's against the law. Okay, it's against the law for you to commit suicide. Uh, apparently, the penalties for committing suicide are fairly minor because you don't see many people in jail convicted of committing suicide. But uh, it is against law. By the way, you know why suicide's against law? Just side note, little piece of trivia. Suicide's against law, so police can intervene if they think you are trying to commit suicide. So that's why suicide's against law. Anyway, two-thirds of the gun deaths in America are suicide, so they kind of self-fix their own problem. Okay? That leaves one-third that is not suicide. Now, out of that one-third, about 10,000, 9, 10,000, something like that, if you take out Los Angeles, Chicago, and Washington, D.C., uh, that's pretty much all of them. That's pretty much all of them. Then you're down to uh, 1,000 or so uh, gun deaths in the United States. Now, that also includes accidents. I mean, uh, people shoot themselves all the time accidentally. I, I grew up in a household where a gun is never empty. It's always loaded, meaning you never point it at anybody, including yourself. You never pull the trigger, that kind of stuff. Some people didn't get that message and uh, shoot themselves. So getting shot, getting murdered by a firearm in this country, pretty minimal. Pretty minimal in a population of 320, 330 million people. But the makers of the guns doing very well. And I'm happy. I, that, that doesn't bother me at all. I'm, they're, they're American made. Um, good companies, good weapons. I, uh, I got no problem with that. But government will. You can bet. Government will have a problem with that. And don't think because of this executive order, one, that this is the end. This is simply the beginning. And two, don't think for a second they're not figuring out a similar method for eliminating bullets. Over the years, we've seen many communities, cities, try to tax bullets out of existence. Baltimore one year, this is years ago, uh, Mayor Baltimore wanted to put a dollar tax on, per bullet for every bullet sold inside the city. Chicago. Same way. I think Seattle is doing that now. I think they're putting a tax on bullets sold inside the city, making it so that uh, people have to go outside the city to buy bullets. Now, I'm one of those took a preemptive strike. I reload my own. I got enough components. I got the equipment. Got everything I need to reload every bullet I use in every weapon I have. Um, pretty much for the rest of my life. I have extra because I think it's possible that those components could be very valuable in the future. 
and may even be an alternative currency. Who knows? I've always said precious metals are gold, silver, and high-speed lead. I I think that uh, it's worth having. It's worth having the knowledge and the skill to reload and having the equipment to reload. Along that line, the new thing to explore, I think many people are going to look into, making their own weapons. You know, it's not that difficult. You can get a lot of components, uh, parts to the guns that uh, you want to build uh, easily on the open market. There are certain components to weapons that uh, are restricted. But those can be easily manufactured on milling machines, um, metal lays, that kind of stuff. And it's all over the Internet on how to make that stuff. I'm not encouraging you necessarily to go out and make your own guns. I'm just saying that the government's restrictions are going to force people into alternative actions. Whenever you penalize a behavior, you get less of it. When you reward a behavior, you get more of it. Well, they're penalizing legitimately going out and purchasing weapons, and they're essentially, through default, encouraging people to develop alternative strategies for having the tools to protect yourself, your family, and your property. This is the essence of capitalism and the essence of the economy. It's absolutely critical that you maintain the ability to protect yourself and to conduct commerce. It's a... It's fundamental. Take away the guns, then the government controls everything. There's nothing you can do to stop them from doing whatever's next. And uh, this is this is absolutely that important. Now, other than gun stocks this week, the market had a pretty bumpy ride. We'll talk about. Uh, the market next and what's china's role china seems to be the tail wagging the dog again i'll talk about that next gary rathbun an economy of one Economy of One with Gary Rathbun. Well, to say the the market was on a roller coaster this week is is kind of an understatement. A lot of movement in the market, a lot of volatility in the market, and everything is due to or credited to China. Now, we've known for a long time that China has... um, Eh, to put it kindly, shall we say, fudging their numbers on uh, GDP and and how their economy is doing. And uh, let us not forget that China is a communist nation. We call it Red China. We we forget. We we seem to think because of the size of China's economy, second largest in the world, and second by a long ways, they are not even getting close to overcoming our economy. But uh, we we, we tend to forget because it's so big and we do so much business with China 
that they are essentially an equal economy to us. And they're not. Communist China, um, it's a state-run economy. Mercantilism, if you will. It's, it's not free market. So for years, their GDP has been exploding, been doing very well, according to the bottom line numbers. But they're building things that people don't need. My understanding is they have over 100 million person capacity in the cities for residents that is empty. That's a lot of apartment buildings. And same way with steel. We've seen it in steel in the last few weeks. Their overcapacity is starting to uh, trickle out into the international markets. They're essentially dumping excess steel on the market instead of cutting back on production because their job as a communist country is to keep their workers working. So they're producing a ton of stuff, literally and figuratively, that they don't need. So if they don't need it, they're taking it out on the open market and selling it for whatever they can get for it. They don't care. There's no bottom line there. So their infrastructure is pretty much done for a while. They are way overbuilt, way over capacity on just about everything. And they're trying to convert the economy to a a consumer economy from a manufacturing and exporting economy. Now, to convert a billion people or however many people they have, it's a lot of them, to convert that many people to consumers versus producers is a big job. And it's going to take a long time. And it's probably not going to happen from the standpoint that, like I've said before, a true consumer economy requires private property rights. So communist China is not interested in private property rights. So the lip service they give to going to a consumer economy is just that. It's lip service. Not going to happen. It wasn't three months ago. People were talking to me and concerned about China taking over as the world's largest economy, the yuan or renminbi taking over the world's reserve currency. They're buying all this gold. The yuan is strong. The IMF is allowing the yuan to come in to be part of the special drawing rights next this year. So all of this, China is, is overtaking us. Well, when you fudge the books long enough, eventually you can't fudge them anymore. And that's what's happening. China is experiencing our 2008. 2016 is going to be China's equivalent to the United States 2008. Remember 2008, eight years ago? Yeah, not fun. Not good. Deep recession, credit, reset, all that kind of stuff. The trouble is not only is China going to experience 2008 for themselves, I think it's going to be dramatically greater because we just don't know what the numbers are. I'm not sure anybody knows what the numbers are. 
if you have to if you're in China and you have to hit certain numbers in your sector or whatever or you're going to take your head home in a grocery bag you hit the numbers and you hit the numbers whether you hit the numbers or not and you go up through a half a dozen or so levels of uh, bureaucracy and everybody fudging the numbers just a little bit to, to hit them all the way up by the time it gets to the top they're not even close to reality so I've said for a long time I don't trust China's numbers because it's it's common practice not to give you the real numbers it's common practice to have two sets of books it's common practice to lie up the ladder so it's finally coming home I think to roost but keep in mind that this is China's 2008 we went through it we suffered a lot problem is we didn't learn from our lesson and neither did anybody else and we'll do it again and so will China so will the rest of the world but in addition to that what I find interesting is the media and the bloggers out there first week of the year markets pretty volatile and the bloggers are just happy as a clam they're, they're just happy that, that this is the the first sign of the beginning of the end this is what we've been telling you i, I had to laugh one blogger uh had all these doom and gloom predictions through 2015 i won't tell you who it is because i don't want to give him any any more credence than what he already has but uh and none of it happened Everything he said was going to happen didn't happen. So the first blog he puts out is, well, because it didn't happen in 2015, 2016 is really going to be bad. The guy doubles down on his stupidity. And he's not the only one. Everywhere, everywhere, bloggers are saying, oh, this is the beginning in. This is bad, bad. This is real bad, bad. Now, am I saying that it's not going to be bad? I don't know. I don't know. There are so many variables in the equation that any one could be the variable that makes it bad or doesn't make it so bad. A couple years ago, every headline we talked about, everything that happened bad in the market was due to Greece. Greece. Greece is going to default. Greece is going to form their own currency. Greece is going to take down the European Union with them. It's going to break up. It's over. The euro's gone. Rioting in the streets. I haven't heard much about Greece lately. And Greece isn't much better than it was two years ago. They're still in deep doo-doo. We even had an acronym, remember? PIGS? P-I-I-G-S. Portugal, Italy, Ireland, Greece, and Spain. These were the bane of the European Union. The only reason they didn't go down the drain sooner is because of Germany. Germany had the economy to, to hold everybody up. After Greece got boring, then it's interest rates. When's Bernanke going to raise interest rates? Bernanke this, Bernanke that. Then it's Yellen. When's Yellen going to raise interest rates? Well, we finally got clarification on that, and she raised them a quarter of a point. Then what? 
In addition to interest rates, overlapping that was oil. If interest rates were boring, it was oil. Market's down, oil's down. Oil's down, the market's down. We can't survive with this. Why anybody thought cheaper gasoline was going to bring the economy to a screeching halt is beyond me, but uh, some people did. And now, China. Every day, it's China. Well, China isn't doing as well as what we thought. No, they're not doing as well as what they told us they were doing. We always thought they weren't doing well. But it's an excuse. It's a reason. It gives them something to write about. You can't trust the bloggers. You can't trust what you're reading all the time on the Internet. The important thing is to do your own research. An economy of one, if you will. I trust nothing that I read on the Internet unless I can verify it myself. If I can verify it through other sources that I trust that has backup data and backup information, then I'm better. I feel better about that. But until that happens, I don't, uh, these are just bloggers. These are people pulling charts. I'm not saying they're stupid, but I'm not saying they're brightest, the brightest guys in the room either. Just because it's on the internet does not make it true. It's just another piece of information. And the bleaker it is, the more people are drawn to it, and the more people will post it. Learned a new phrase a while back called clickbait. Clickbait. So you have an absurd or outrageous title, people will click on it. And if they click on it, somebody makes a penny or two pennies. Every time somebody clicks on something. So you want to have good clickbait. So the people click on it, so you get your penny. The trouble is people are making decisions and allowing emotions to come in their life based on those clickbait headlines. And it's very disturbing, and it's also very dangerous for your wealth. You can end up making really bad decisions on really bad information. Now, all that being said, speaking of making really bad decisions on really bad information, up next, we're going to talk about the latest information coming out of the FDA. You think gun regulation is bad? Wait until you read or hear this that I read about red meat, red wine, salt, and sugar. I'll talk about that next. An Economy of One with Gary Rathbun.
back to An Economy of One with Gary Rathbun. One of my favorite things in life is red meat. My feeling is if it comes from a steer, it's got to be good. Generally speaking. I mean, you know what I mean. But recently, the uh, government came out and decided to take off country of origin on packages of red meat. Now, it was just a few years ago, I think 2010, that they decided to force the labeling of origin of the animal. And the industry is all up in arms about that and that kind of stuff. And now they've decided to take it off. The World Trade Organization said that it's okay for Canada and Mexico to penalize the United States to the tune of about a billion dollars if they required country of origin for the animal on packages of meat. Now, quite honestly, uh, I want to know where my meat comes from. Don't you? Do you really want to eat red meat coming out of Mexico? Red meat coming out of China, for goodness sakes? Canada, you know what? I trust Canadians, uh, so that doesn't bother me so much. But uh, wouldn't you like to know where your meat's coming from? Now, that being said, I have, personally, become my own economy of one. Pun intended. I work with a, uh, uh, a, a farmer in Ohio that raises um, essentially organic steers. They're hormone-free. They're antibiotic-free. No growth hormones in there. Nothing. And I know where he's at. Personal friend. And in January, I order a steer. And by November, December, it's done and ready to process. And he guarantees the quality of the meat from an antibiotic and steroids and hormones and that kind of stuff standpoint. So I know where the beef is coming from that I ingest. Does it cost me more? Probably. I don't keep track of that kind of stuff very closely. But it's not so much more that is prohibitive to eat. But I am not going to eat meat coming out of Mexico, coming out of China, coming out of anywhere else. I like American stuff. You've heard me say I do everything I can to buy American made. And it's not a pro-union stance. That's a different subject. To me, it's a quality and value stance. I don't like the crap coming out of China. Everything breaks and you can't get parts for it. But when it comes to red meat, I want to know. I want to know where that animal was raised and I want to know where it was slaughtered. Well, on my meat, in my house, I know where it was raised. I can go pet the animal before it gets slaughtered if I want to get that up close and personal. But uh, I think it's important 
to uh, to know. In addition, the FDA is just coming out with new rules on salt, sugar, and by the way, you know, we told you for 50 years that a glass of red wine is good for you. Yeah, well, apparently not. Apparently red wine causes cancer, heart disease, stroke, uh, everything else bad you can think of. And so the FDA is changing their mind now. Changing their mind. Now, they changed their mind on eggs a while back. Remember that? You know, eggs were terrible, terrible, terrible. Now they're not so terrible. In addition, salt and sugar. They they feel that the adult, an adult in America, should have the equivalent of no more than a half a can of soda or the sugar that's in a half a can of soda per day. So essentially a half a teaspoon or half a tablespoon, whatever that is. And salt should be limited to like 2,300 micrograms or milligrams, whatever, per day. Now, of course, these are just FDA suggestions. They want you to be healthy. It will save lives over 10 years. It will make America less obese. Well, the city of New York has cut way back on sugar and salt. And uh, last time I was there... You know what? I didn't notice a lack of obesity. It's still going on. It's just a matter of time before the FDA says we're too stupid to monitor our own sugar and salt intake, monitor our own red wine, monitor our own red meat, and they start taxing the heck out of it. Mark my words. Mark my words. They will... Start regulating that to the point where you have no choice. They want you to be a good vegetarian. Eat whole grains, fruits and vegetables every day, that kind of stuff. Now, I got no problem with that. Problem I have with it is it's got to be my choice. I will choose what I want to eat and what I don't want to eat. I don't need Michelle Obama's menu forced in my life don't need that not only do i not need it i really don't want it i don't care what the world health organization says i care about what the rathbun health organization says that's the pyramid the food pyramid i'm going to focus on i want you to have a great day be an individual be self-reliant be an economy of one i'm gary rathbun We'll see you next time. This is our country. The views expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the views of this station. Listeners should consult their own financial advisors or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. Private Wealth Consultants is an SEC-registered investment advisor. 